Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Welcome back, everyone, to Beyond the Bikini Radio. I am so excited for today's guest. Her name is Natalie Matthews. Not only is she a IFBB bikini pro, she's also a dear teammate of mine and 100% plant-based. So welcome, Natalie. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We talked about podcasting when we uh, competed together at, uh, what was it, NPC Universe? Yeah. Um, And that's actually where you turned pro, but we'll talk about that in today's podcast. How's it going? What's new of Natalie? Oh my God. I'm literally what? Seven, eight days out from my next show, my fourth show of the season. So yeah. I've been crushing that pro league this year. Thank you so much. It's been such an exciting experience and it's so different than competing as an amateur. I still can't believe how different it feels to step on a pro stage compared to last year, you know, even on the national level. Yeah. What's the main difference that you've noticed? Um, I feel like, well, obviously you get treated differently. Like you get almost like a VIP treatment, which is really cool and well-deserved. I feel like um, we know exactly at what time we're going. Um, we get like our own little pump up area. We have like dressing rooms or like somewhere, you know, not all of the shows are like that, but most of them are. Um, we have our own bathroom. So it just makes the show day experience very enjoyable. And since pretty much all the pros, we do the tour in order to, like, qualify, you get to, like, just like we bonded at Nationals, you almost get to create, like, this little tour family that you just see over and over and over. And it's really, really cool to, like, just celebrate each other's victories. It's such a different thing, too, because before we were, like, so pro card, you know. Hungry. Yeah. And now it's like, well, you're with a million people that are just as good as you now, you know, and the level is like, how do you even pick first from last? So it's really cool that you can leave that stage feeling proud no matter what, if you bring your 110%, which is a really different feeling from competing before. And I've been really enjoying this year. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to see you up on that pro stage. I remember seeing you turn pro. Um, and you're probably one of the hardest working competitors that I know. Um, Thank but you. 
Natalie, like what made you want to start competing? Well, a few things. Um, it kind of goes back to like, I don't know, like Puerto Rican Natalie living in Puerto Rico. And I used to serve professionally in the island. Which is so cool. Yeah. So I always been an athlete. I always needed that outlet. And I met my husband while he was deployed in Puerto Rico. Um, luckily when he got stationed first there, so we got to spend like four whole years together, um, there. And then when he got orders to move, we got orders to move to Jacksonville. And obviously like the surf, if, when you compare Jacksonville to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is basically like the Hawaii of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Then, and then you go to Jacksonville where there's no surf. So a lot of my sponsors were like, we want you to represent on the island. Can you come back and forth? And I was like, nope, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go with my husband. So I ended up dropping that side of me. And, you know, like almost like I felt like a huge void since that's been such a huge part of my life, my whole, you know, childhood. It was like around surfing, like my whole life was around surfing. So when I was in Jacksonville, I just needed another outlet. And at that time, I was also transitioning into veganism. And when I like, you know, I feel like both things came hand in hand because it's what brought me to bodybuilding. Because as I was transitioning to veganism, I was like, well, I want to prove that you can build muscle and you can do this. You know, I won't die of protein deficiency. (laughs) And obviously, I also needed that athlete void you know to like get filled back up like I I just needed that hole to get filled back up so I found training you know my husband started competing um and he you know I learned so much from him and I was so inspired by him I was just like okay maybe maybe I could give this a try you know I remember being like backstage like supporting him for his first show and people asking me oh are you competing and I'm like no do I look like I compete? So that's, I think Aww. that's when it, you know, it inspired me that maybe I could do this, you know, because it seemed like such a far goal. Um, so that's kind of what inspired me, just like transitioning into veganism and, and just wanting to prove a point. And, you know, the fact that I no longer was competing in something and I just needed, I just needed that outlet. So I think both things went hand in hand and, you know, um, learning from my husband's experience because he didn't do so well when he stepped on stage because he went, I'm sure you can relate with some of your clients that are just desperate to get on stage, right? And they never took that time to actually build. Mm-hmm. So my husband did that. You know, he was like, I want to get on stage. <laughs> and he never took the time to build. So he didn't do very well. So I learned from that and being, you know, the competitive Natalie that I am, I was like, okay, if I want to do this, I need to take a whole year and just build. So that's what I did all 2016. I ate like a monster and I lifted and I lifted properly. So I feel like I really utilized my newbie gains to its most potential, you know, like I I really took advantage of that time because I wanted to be competitive. And I started competing in 2017. And gosh, it just took off from there. (laughs) Yeah, you just crushed it from the start. But I also think that you really were goal-oriented and focused on the future. And I know for myself, um, after this year, I'm like, Nicole, like you are making a vow to yourself that you're taking 
a full year, not six months and start dieting again. Like you're taking a full year because when I turn pro, I want to be competitive as a pro and I don't just want to show up to show up. Exactly. And don't worry, I'll keep you accountable, but you have to keep me accountable with that one too. It's so hard. And that competitive edge, like being an athlete myself, I was a gymnast. Once I didn't have that anymore, um, I was lost. Like I would train hard. I had the consistency. I loved it. I didn't mind being in the gym for hours on end, but I couldn't, I couldn't not compete in something. So I love that. Now, Natalie, we do have the same coach, but why don't you tell me who that person is and why you decided to work with them? So we're both coached by Paul Rovella, Team Pro Physique. And, you know, my decision to go with Coach Paul at the end of 2017 was, honestly, I I went through some amazing coaches, but I did not align with their practices, you know, and I'm sure you can relate. Um, I just, you know, they would have me doing certain things that I was just like, but why? And, And there was never like, you know, this is why it was always like so inconsistent. So I felt like I just needed somebody that would get me. And I learned about flexible dieting very early on before I started competing. Um, And I felt like that fitted my lifestyle. And I tried the meal prep thing, you know, and it was, it wasn't me. And then I remember back in 2017, just during cardio, just looking at Paul's videos over and over and just learning so much and one of my preps just one of my preps in 2017 I actually prepped myself for 10 weeks and got myself stage ready following Paul's protocols and just by watching his videos and learning yeah and it was crazy I was like oh my god so you know his stuff really works like and I just felt so good and I was always so scared to reach out because I was like, well, he's not vegan. How is he going to like deal with me or, you know, like how, how is he going to approach? Yeah, me? he's going to be like, you can't eat soy. Like, yeah, <laughs> but I applied. He called me. We scheduled the call. And the first thing I said, hey, Paul, like I'm vegan. I'm vegan for ethics. So there's no way that you're going, you know, not for ethics just but for health, too. And so there's nothing in this world that's going to make me eat eggs or meat, you know? Um, And he was like, that's okay. You eat whatever you want. I'm going to give you macros. And I'm like, what? And it was like the first time that a coach has said to me, you can be you and I'm okay with that, you know, Mm -hmm. versus trying to sway me into what they think it's right. So Paul was very open from the get go. And then um, another thing that, we discussed in our call that really like got me going was like uh, previous coaches when I used to tell them I want to become an IFBB pro. They did not believe in me. They were like, well, you know that IFBB pros need to take drugs or you know that that's just going to take way too long. Almost like kind of like telling me that I didn't have what it takes. And I, I remember, yeah. And I remember having just like a very sad feeling when they told me that I was like, man, my own coaches don't believe in me. And all of a sudden, Paul just sees one picture and he says, well, you know, you're going to turn pro next year, right? And I was like, wow, the guy doesn't even know me and he believes in me. So that was like one of the biggest things, 
why I decided to go with Paul. Um, just because I agree with everything he says. I like that he is science-based and, you know, having somebody in your corner that actually is cheering for you just means the world. Paul is such an incredible coach and I love working with him. And I've had like a similar experience where he takes into account like what you have to say and he works with you as a team. Like if you tell him, Hey, let's push, I'm ready to push hard. Or if you say, Hey, I need to pull back. Like there's something going on. Like he takes that on account and he never is the do this. Don't ask questions guy. He wants you to ask questions. He wants you to learn. Um, And I think that he's more of just like a bodybuilding coach for me. Like Paul's kind of like a mentor. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love the team, what you just said about the team aspect. We constantly are having conversations like, Hey, what do you feel about this? So it is a team decision versus him saying, you have to do this. Don't ask me anything. You know what I mean? So I love that. And I love the fact that we are, we have this huge community of teammates, you know, like, oh, yeah, I love that. You know, the fact that I'm going to go to Chicago in hopes to turn pro and I have a whole room full of team pro physique girls. I love that. Natalie, what made you want to become vegan? I know you said it's for ethics, but tell me a little bit more about what made you want to, like, what was that turning point in your life? So it was mainly health reasons at the beginning. And then I say ethic is what actually kept me vegan. Um, It all started in Puerto Rico. So before we moved to the States, George actually was like battling with some health issues and his doctor recommended to like remove dairy from his diet to improve those health issues. At the time, um, I was vegetarian and by vegetarian, I mean, I still consume dairy products. That was the only thing preventing me from going full vegan. I did not know what vegan was at that point. I just was picky. I didn't like the taste of meat. It grossed me out. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) so basically, vegetarian, since I was 15, I only consumed dairy and a few occasional times, like I would consume fish. I was a big fan of like tuna fish for some reason, out of all things. Um, And... George was like, hey, I'm going to remove dairy from my diet. And I'm like, man, like I'm already the weird vegetarian girl that only eats cheese. You know, like I can't go (laughs) full on vegan. Are you crazy? And he's like, well, I'm doing it. And I'm like, "Okay." so I didn't know much about it at the time. But what I did notice is my husband is he like he improved his health overnight. And he was about to get a third sinus infection, like surgery to improve those um, problems that he had. Because as a pilot, he's a helicopter pilot. You can't fly if you have those problems. So um, he was going to go under the knife for a third time to fix that. And all he did was remove dairy from his diet. The inflammation went away. He lost some weight just by accident. And he no longer needed that surgery. So I was like, well, maybe we are what we eat, you know, like I start, I slow, I slowly started putting it all together. Um, and I was like, you know, I consume a very high dairy diet. Like it was out of control. Like I was like a cheeseaholic. I would go through two pound Costco bags all by myself in a week. (laughs) Yeah. I just loved it. It was very addicting to me. Um, which, side note, did cheese make you fat? Because I know a lot of people just think dairy makes you fat. 
I think it's basically just being in a caloric deficit. I do, however, I mean, in a caloric surplus, but I do think that dairy does cause a lot of inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. I believe 90% of um, like humans are allergic to whey products or casing and things like that. So I do feel like it has its downfalls. And at the end of the day, dairy is meant for the baby cow, not for humans. So that's kind of like my whole thing on it. Um, I kind of like left cheese (laughs) right after I saw George's transformation. And I experienced 10 pound weight drop. Oh, (laughs) wow. Yes. So then, yeah, you are going to have a very strong like opinion towards that happening with you going through that experience yeah but it was you know just keeping everything the same just really just removing dairy from my diet but I do feel it was because of all the inflammation in my body um at that time when I was consuming so much I had back acne like to a point that it was just bad it was so painful that went away within a year interesting yeah and um, it, it all goes back to what the doctor had said to George, like, you know, dairy just causes a lot of inflammation in the body, a lot of mucus in the body. So it almost feels like the acne and all of that was, you know, together. Um, and then the other thing that I experienced was I grew up being hypoglycemic my whole life, like having to eat every two hours. So my blood levels were normal. Um, I would faint a lot as a kid. And when I removed dairy, that went away within a year. I remember moving to Jacksonville, getting, you know, your normal physical when you're a newbie um, military wife and you move to a new place, you have to like get these physicals and all that. And I'm signing it up and I'm saying I'm hypoglycemic. We get all the tests done and the doctor's like, what? No, you're not. And (laughs) And I just remember just crying, just crying out of happiness thinking that, you know, my whole life, everybody told me your faith is going to be, you're going to be diabetic. Everybody in your family is, this is what's going to happen. And within a year of me being full vegan, that went away. And I was like, Oh my God, I just have to like, you're like, I'm not diabetic. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, Holy shit. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, it's explicit. Swear all the, Okay. okay. I was like, Oh my God. And I think you know, when, when you start a diet and you don't notice things right away, right? And then all of a sudden a year passes and you look your before and after and you're like, oh, now I see the difference. That's kind of what happened to me. So I was like, I need to share this knowledge with the world. And that's how I got into bodybuilding because I wanted to be a walking billboard and share my journey. And I, you know me, I'm not pushy. I won't be like, hey, no, I go admit, vegan or I die in front of her and way and all that stuff. Although you do have my my gears turned in a little bit in regards to dairy, because a lot of the symptoms that you've been talking about, I'm actually experiencing myself. Um, but no, Natalie is not a pusher. Like she's just a genuine person and does what she wants to do. Um, she knows her mission. Like if you want to learn, that's why like I really love you, Natalie, is like if I want to learn and seek out more information, I know that you'll you'll give it to me in like a caring, kind way versus in a pushy you have to way. I see yeah. that a lot in the vegan community. It's either, you know, calm, educated, not not that they're not educated, but it's more of like a it, that's your mission though. Like you want to educate in a calm manner. Like you're exactly. not a pusher. 
but there's other vegans that I've met that are just pushers and will like demonize me for not being vegan. And it's like, well, you know, maybe it's because I'm not educated. Maybe that's why. Exactly. And that's why I am so big on doing the approach that I'm doing. I kind of just leave by example. I just get up there. And if you have questions, I'll answer. But I will never be the one that is judging you. I will never say, hey, go vegan or die. Or, you know, like, I will never have that because that's what used to turn me off you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I remember telling George, I don't want to be a weird vegan, you know, like, I remember that, because that's the only type of vegans that I knew about. So I, my mission is to like, just break stereotypes and educate, you know, if we're going to have compassion for the animals and our bodies, we have to have compassion for humans, too, that, like you said, are not educated enough on the subject. But that's my job, you know, that's, I'm just an open book and I hope that through my journey I just can you know inspire others to at least adopt a more compassionate lifestyle or just include more plants into their diet even if they don't want to go vegan because it's not for everybody you know but Mm -hmm. I feel like people can benefit so much from just adding more plants into your diet you know like the doctor always said when you were growing up eat your fruits and veggies but what if the majority of your diet was that, you know, you would benefit so much, like your body just knows how to digest those foods. Yeah, you know, I think, um, because we're both in prep right now. So I do apologize, guys, if we are like slow and like mess up words. But I think, you know, when I jump into my reverse, I really want to start incorporating more of like a plant based day, or even multiple days. And I was actually a vegetarian for six years, but I did it for the wrong reasons with a more of like an orthorexic mindset. Gotcha. Um, and I see that actually a lot with people who go vegan, they do it to be restrictive, but I know um, there's, there's different, there's different types of vegans out there. And I feel like not to say that there's a right and wrong way, but there's definitely the intention behind it is everything that will make it more of a lifestyle. And like for you, I can tell, you're not restricted. Like the foods you make guys, like if you're not following Natalie, all of her information is going to be in that description. Um, but she makes the most delicious foods. Like she doesn't restrict herself to <laughs> just plants. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You, you eat good food. So why don't you talk a little bit about um, cooking as a vegan? Absolutely. So yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that was another of the stereotypes I remember saying to George, oh my God, are we just going to eat salads? Because I didn't know any better. So my mission is when I put food out there, I literally follow the flexible dieting approach 80-20 with everything vegan, basically. So anything that you eat, I eat it vegan. So I don't restrict myself, like you said, um, unless I'm in a caloric deficit for a show, um, which has, yeah, which has his purpose. But within the flexible dieting, I literally have whatever I want. And it's funny because I have more variety now than before I went vegan. When I went vegan, I remember I used to eat cheese, bread, mac and cheese, more cheese and broccoli. That was it. Like the tuna occasionally, like I wasn't a very like adventurous eater now oh my god you put it in my face and if it's vegan I'm gonna eat it like you know so I have a lot of fun with it and I make sure that when I share recipes it's not like a salad you know like people know how to make salads I just want to inspire people 
to do what they don't know or what they think can't be done on a plant-based lifestyle. Like, for example, one of the biggest misconceptions is like, oh, well, I guess my carbs need to be higher because vegans just naturally eat more carbs. False. I follow very similar macros to you, Nicole, because (laughs) I pick high-protein, low-carbohydrate vegan options. And then I fill out the rest of my day with, you know, other fun things or other fun carbs that I enjoy. So, for example, a, like... I'm going to share with you just a few of my favorite high protein um, foods. I think that'd be great too. Cause that's like a big concern for those who are wanting to um, live a more plant-based diet. So my favorite one out of all time is tofu. I feel like, again, there's a lot of misinformation with soy, but soy is actually a health food and it's very anti-inflammatory and, um, it's really, really good for us. There's studies made on soy that has actually decreased breast cancer in women. Um, soy is amazing. Um, so I love, love tofu. Um, I love texture vegetable protein, which usually comes in a dry form. And these days you can find it soy free or you could find it a pea based one that is super high in protein, very low in carb. Um, And all you do is hydrate it with some water or with um, veggie broth and season it exactly how you would, you know, meat. If you kind of think about it, when you're seasoning meat, meat doesn't have taste. You're seasoning it. You're putting salt, pepper, spices, dressings, all kinds of things. So the same thing applies for vegan proteins. You just have to make them taste however you want to taste them, you know? Yeah. Um, Then, obviously, protein powders, I feel like we all utilize them, vegan or non-vegan. So just make sure to find one that really works for you and that you enjoy. Um, Another one, I don't know if you use this one, bean pastas. This is like a really big one these days. Like there's edamame. Huh? I haven't even used those, but I've seen the edamame ones. And I've wanted to like mix that with like the zoodles too to get and yes. some extra veggies yeah an extra volume and these are such amazing tools like they're everywhere now and the more accessible they get like guys when you buy you're choosing and supporting with your dollars so if you buy these items the more people that buy them the I'm less expensive right. they're gonna be over time you know yeah. so um they come in chickpea chickpea pasta um black bean pasta oh my god all kinds of different um just legumes um and high protein pastas and they're amazing and you can just season them again using whatever you want uh low carb pesto or a um just a regular tomato sauce whatever you would do um the next one is tempeh which is also soy based it's just fermented soybeans okay i was gonna ask you what's the difference between tofu and tempeh because i've seen tempeh and I've wanted to like throw that in my air fryer. <laughs> oh, what happen. yes. No, that would be awesome. So I sometimes cube it up and then just um, put some liquid aminos, liquid smoke to give it kind of like a bacony flavor. If I have some carb macros, I'll add a little bit of maple syrup and I'll make kind of like a breakfast uh, type of like sausage thing. Um, and I'll put it in the air fryer and it's so, so good. Or sometimes I'll crumble it up and um, season it with Mexican seasoning and it's like kind of like a beefy crumble 
Um, it's so good and versatile. It's just like tofu, but the difference is that it's just fermented soybeans versus tofu is just the leftover milk from the soybean process. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the seitan. Seitan is probably like my favorite. So um, seitan is made from vital wheat gluten, and that is the protein found in the wheat berry. So obviously, if you have a gluten intolerance, I can't say intolerance. Intolerance. I got you. Um, you can't have it, but oh my God, if you are not gluten sensitive, I highly recommend this one because, so if you eat bread, it's going to be in bread. Um, that's usually what you see in like sprouted breads and why sprouted breads have a high protein content is because of this ingredient. So I include this ingredient in baked goods. I make high protein breads. I make high protein waffles. I make all kinds of things with vital wheat gluten and obviously like mock meats and savory dishes and things like that. But it's literally all protein and barely any carbs. So this is probably the closest that you will ever get to like, um, I would say meat car uh, macros. So I love, love, love this ingredient and I have it all throughout my prep. And then my last one is lupini beans. I am a big fan of lupini beans because they have a high protein content. They are probably one of the lower carb beans out there. And they have fiber, which is really rare to find with protein options. So that combo for me is amazing. They're great to snack on. There's a brand called Brahmi um, that has them pickled. And you could just snack on them or throw them in the air fryer and make them crunchy and throw in on your salad or whatever you want. But these are just a few of my favorites. There's so many others. So much. So many others. But those are like my top. I love it. You know, it's making making the best of food. Like dieting, especially if you're a flexible dieter, should not be miserable. And no. even in prep, like I love like I look forward to every single thing I'm eating. The only thing is I'm just eating less. Exactly. Yeah. I get excited every morning for my oatmeal. Yeah. And whenever I get bored, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like having oatmeal. I just blend that up and make pancakes, you know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm constantly switching it up or making a muck cake out of it with the same basic ingredients. But like you said, it's all about having fun and enjoying what you're doing, enjoying your journey, you know? Yes, definitely. Um, all right. So, Natalie, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your biggest struggle during prep? Because I know that prep isn't easy. It's always a test. That's why not everybody wants to step on a bodybuilding stage. So you realize how hard it really is. Um, but tell me, what is your personal biggest struggle that you're dealing with right now? At the moment, I would just have to say just being caffeine dependent this close to my show. Oh yes. I'm literally like using caffeine, you know, <laughs> constantly just to like have energy. I feel like diet brain. I struggle with a lot and I, I get frustrated whenever I can't form a sentence. Um, and just not having my regular energy, you know, like I feel like I'm just such a bubbly person and towards the end of prep, I'm just kind of like just starting to get mute, you know, like just, just down and I do have my high moments, but it's just like a roller coaster. You never know when it's coming. It's like high and then low. So is that weird? The waves, like I tried to explain that to, um, 
my mom because my parents have both seen me like prep for years and I was fine like one hour and then two hours later I was dead tired and she's like what's wrong did you eat and I was like yeah I just ate she's like well what's wrong I was like I'm just like I'm here but I'm not here yes (laughs) (laughs) I totally get it sometimes I felt like George woke up this morning and he's like very excited to share something with me and I'm like babe nothing's coming in right now because I haven't even had caffeine just let me get my coffee first and then I'll be able to retain some information because I was just not there so it's part of it when you're like so low calorie towards the end you're just not functioning the way that you're normally are you know yeah and for anybody who's in prep like take advantage of the days where you feel high energy like yesterday I don't know what was with me but I was like cracked out crazy high energy felt great wanted to do all the things and today I'm kind of like eh, a a little bit slower I can feel it in my eyes I'm sure you can relate Um, but when you have those high days you know maybe make that a leg day make that a day where you really hit your cardio hard make that a date night like try to take advantage of that um, because you're going to have lows and you're going to have a couple lows you're going to have to learn how to communicate that with your loved ones too. Absolutely. Um, I always kind of like before I start prep, I kind of like call my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, my mom. And I kind of like whenever we're planning trips and it's like during prep time, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be myself. This is what's going to happen. Hope you guys understand. If I don't go out on a night walk with you guys, it's because I need a nap, you know, or if I'm like quiet. And can't answer your questions. It's just that I just need some time to myself. And I kind of like brace them for that. So it's been really nice to just let them know what to expect. And I mean, they're just so supportive. But I feel like they just didn't know what they were getting into. (laughs) And because usually I travel for my shows, but end up making like peak week, like a family week, basically, where I just, you you know, utilize my traveling for my shows to see my family. Um, Just kind of like a double whammy in there. But sometimes it's really hard because, you know, peak week out of all the times is where you have like so many variables that you're just not all there. And yeah, I just kind of brace them for it. And I'm like, I apologize, but they are so supportive and they completely understand. I feel like once you're open with your friends and family, they're just going to be there for you, you know? Like same one when um, I had my birthday two weeks before my show, I had all these people sending me. I'm about to have that too. (laughs) I have all these people like sending me macro-friendly goodies or making baked goods and sending me the macros because they knew that I was in prep. And I like, those are little things that just go above and beyond with me. Yeah. My mom just bought me a bunch of, you already know, these are those little buff cakes. Oh, you love those. (laughs) I love them so much. And she like got me them. She's like, you know, like, I just figured I'd get you this because you can't it was for my like Easter basket she's like because you can't have real candy and it's just really sweet like they'll catch on yeah um but I think it's super important too like if you have a moment where you're in a funk or I mean you have like a little bit of a mood swing like just apologize like don't be like oh I'm in prep and just be bleh about it like be an adult apologize for your mood apologize for behavior sometimes and I think that's what helps relationships too because sometimes I'll look back at like 
how I was being really quiet and like closed off where like I don't want to talk and then I'll regroup and catch myself and I'll come back and be like you know what I'm really sorry that like I didn't elaborate more or I was really focused on work um so I think that's really important to do too yeah I feel like the best way of explaining it to your loved ones is almost like you're going through puberty all over again oh my gosh. you're like this is a stressful time everything's changing it pretty much like it changes day to day and I feel like that's the best way I can like you know one day you're like oh yeah I'm feeling myself the next day you're like oh my god life is just terrible and it's just like it's just a roller coaster of emotions and sometimes you know if you're prepared for the waves you know how to manage them but if it's your first time it might be like oh my god what is happening to me am I going crazy so it is like reverse puberty yeah so it's like this is kind of like the darker side of prep but I feel like you know, like any other high level sport, like everything has its downs and its highs, you know, and this is just part of what bodybuilding is what happens in this part of the face of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, Natalie, I remember this moment because I got emotional. Um, What was it like turning pro? I had no, like no expectation. Like, I say no expectations of turning pro that day because I feel, I mean, you were there. Like, everything that could have... What a mess. Yes. Everything that could have (laughs) gone wrong that day went wrong. Oh, my God. I was just laughing the whole time. I was just like, I don't know what's going on Yeah. So, it wasn't, like, the best show experience. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't. So, I was like, you know... (laughs) I was just tired by that point I mean I've done I did a lot of shows back to back I really wanted it and that was like I was grinding really hard for that one for that last one and I remember thinking every time something would go wrong I was like I don't care like I'm just not gonna let it face me today not today and I had a sense of calmness that day it was almost like I knew it was gonna happen but I wasn't expecting it I I knew it was going to (laughs) happen. I was like, I went outside, which I never do. I usually stay in the back. And I went and watched the male, I think it was male physique on the stage. And I watched it and I put like my Eminem, Lose Yourself (laughs) song. Jesus. (laughs) And I remember just like being like, I'm going to act today like it's my last day on stage. And I remember like I don't know, like just imagining it, you know, imagining everything happening. And it feels like such an outer body experience. I remember like going on stage, locking eyes with the judges and just walking very slow to that, you know, Xbox. Like I was very dramatic. I remember like. I don't know why when you, I'm sorry, you said Xbox. I was thinking about the actual <laughs> Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking about the center of the stage, guys. Yeah. If you have never competed, that's what you're talking about, not yes. an actual Xbox. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, so I'm walking to the center of the stage with Hess, like this X. Um, and I just made it really dramatic. I remember Steve mm-hmm. and Tyler Mannion, and I remember two lady judges, and I remember just literally, like, laughing and having a ball. Like, looking at them, like, I'm just Miss Olympia, you know, like I just like, I was owning it. I was like letting them know, Hey, this is what's coming. Check it out. You're not going to want to leave me. And then, um, as I'm like finishing my routine, 
my class had 50 girls. It was the biggest class on universe. And they started piling. I was like one of the first ones out, which is huge. It's kind of, it sucks when you're the first one out because you have to wait until everybody does their routine. So they started piling three lines of girls in front of me to the point that I didn't have any more eyes on the judges. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, they're going to forget about me. Um, And the first number that they called is mine. And I remember just like, oh my God, it's going to happen. So I like walked immediately to the center of the stage and I feel Callista on my side. I didn't know if there were six or five. So I have no idea at that moment because I was like so focused on just literally not breaking eye contact with the judges and just really like in the moment. Um, I remember them facing us front to back three times. That was it. And they never moved me once. And I Mm -hmm. look down and I'm in that square box and I'm like freaking out. And then I feel like a tackle in my back and it's Calista hugging me. And she's like, we were splitting the center. And then we just started crying in the floor. Like, like we were just losing it. And it just gives me chills every single time because it, it still didn't process until they, like, said, you know, you're an IF, your newest IFBB pro. And I, it didn't set in until I just did the Border Clash, my IFBB pro debut this year. Like, it just gives me chills. Like, I, that day was so special. And the fact that all of you were there, it was just really, really nice. Um, I remember you coming off stage two and shaking and you're like in disbelief. You're like, no, no, no. I was like, no, like, like you're turning pro. Like, I just kept telling you that. I was like, you're turning pro. You're like, no, 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 no. I was like, you are though. Yes. Yes. I guess it's like, I, my whole season since I started in 2017, I always missed it by one spot. (laughs) And I always came in second best or third best, you know, and Missing it by one spot, not one, not two, not three, but four times. It like, it almost made me like expect that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it hurt. And I was like, still like, well, I still can't get excited until they say it. (laughs) But oh my God, that was such a special day. And it's so funny that everything went wrong. But that just goes to show you guys like your attitude is everything. You choose the way that you react to certain situations and I couldn't let that all the things that went wrong that day bring me down destroy me um just have a yucky attitude towards it and I did not let it face me I was like not today today's my day it's not going to change anything and the judges saw that they saw that I was having fun you know you looked like you just levitated on stage and I also think one thing that is really interesting about you and I use these practices too is you do a lot of like law of attraction yes um and you would listen to the song whatever it takes from imagine dragons I remember that yeah on you would you know talk about like being an IFBB bikini pro by having that as your screensaver like all these things and I incorporate those practices for myself and I think it's super important. Like I would try to catch you too. Like whenever you doubt yourself, that's why like I kept reassuring with you because I could feel, I could feel that energy. And I think we were in the hotel room and you said like, I want to turn pro. And I said, no, like you are going to turn pro. Cause I could see it with you. Like you have the musculature, you have the look, you're a beautiful girl. Like 
And I love competitors that want to turn pro and compete as a pro. Um, that's another conversation for another day. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I could feel that energy. And I was like, you know, instead of listening to the voices of doubt, like you got this, like you just got to speak into the existence and speak into the future. And that's why even with me currently, like I know I'm not a pro yet, but eventually I'm going to be. Exactly. And even Natalie would talk to me like, we'll compete on stage together sometime like I love that like I love surround yourself with people who believe in your future and your future goals and not the ones that are like you can't do this absolutely like I tell you all the time I just can't wait for you and I to like share the pro stage because it's gonna be a blast you know it, it like I said it just turns into this little community like there's no point in being catty with anybody back there because you all become sisters pretty much you know and it's like a you versus you sport which is what I love like it doesn't matter who shows up at the end of the day if you did everything in your power to get on that stage and nailed everything perfectly there's no placement in the world that could tell you otherwise you know it's such a such a subjective sport and you need to be very secure and very sure of yourself to not let a placement you know, give you a yucky feeling. Um, and that comes to like my experience this year. It's the first year I haven't placed in the top five. It's the first year that I've been looking at somebody else being crowned. It's never happened to me. But I know I've given my prep my all. And I can leave this pro stage 15 plays with the biggest smile on my face, people thinking I won. And they're like, and I'm like, no, I got 15. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, because you're with the best of the best. At this point, I'm just like, still like, can you pinch me? You know? <laughs> yeah. You're in like starstruck mode. Yeah. Um, Being starstruck, who has your, I know this is a hard question, but who has your favorite overall package to stage? That means like they're posing, hair, makeup, physique, the whole shebang. Who has your favorite look right now? Ooh, that's a hard one. I know who I have, and I have her. Two. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I have two. I have okay, two. Okay, I, I have two, actually. Like, I didn't want to say that, but, like, there's two. One has been the Olympia stage, and one's an up-and-coming competitor. Um, I love Issa. Yes. I what would, a look. I love her. Love her. I just feel like it's so flawless, and I got a chance to compete with her at the Clash, and... She looks completely different backstage, but when she steps on stage, it's like, it's almost like her body and that character comes to life, you know? Like, it's almost like she has this different persona that just shines on stage and she turns it on so well. I love, I love her. I love how poised she is. Um, and I remember her being backstage and literally she was the only girl, like, to a, a corner, um, granted she doesn't speak a lot of English so she you know no. she's a little of it to herself but um, I could see her like like she was praying or doing some she was doing something she was talking to herself and I was like man she's really taking the time to like focus, focus. yeah and take it all in um, and she was just being grateful back there and I was like taken back by that you know like even though this is what one of her 30 competitions she's still acting like she doesn't know if she will place which is really cool to see like she was so humble and so nice um so she's definitely one of my front runners and my second favorite I think will forever be Jeanette I just think oh, yeah. I just think she just 
she doesn't even try on stage. She just has it all together. Like, it's like she doesn't look like she's her. a veteran, though. Huh? She's a veteran, for sure. Yeah, it almost looks like her posing is the way that she walks normally. You know, she doesn't, like, overflex or she's not trying too hard. It's just her having fun. And I, I love that. Um, I like this up-and-coming competitor, too. Of course, I love your physique, Natalie. But um, despite, like, your package, because I've always, like I said, I've known, I looked at you and I knew you were going to turn pro. Um, <laughs> but I really like for the blondes, because there's hardly any blondes out there. Yes. I really love the look of Hannah Franz. Oh, Do you know yes. who that is? Yes, I competed with her every single show this year. And she's a goof. She is. She's just like you see her on her Instagram. That's how she is in real life. She will be cracking everybody up when everybody's tense and serious. Like, she's just, yeah, she's just a ball she's of so fire. Yeah. No, she's very, very cute. And I, yeah, I love her. Awesome. Okay, so Natalie, what are you wanting to accomplish through your platform? And I also want you to conclude today's podcast with some words of wisdom for anybody who's wanting to get into competing or who currently is a competitor. I, you know, with my platform, I just want to continue like spreading my knowledge. I want to like continue inspiring people whether that is to like adopt a more compassionate lifestyle or just be compassionate to yourself by like adopting a more healthy lifestyle, you know, and just treating yourself good. You know, I feel like in this day and age, a lot of people are just not kind to their themselves, you know? So I just want to continue inspiring people to just get active and just do whatever it is, follow your dreams and, you know, just believe in yourself. Um, so I, I feel like sharing my my personal journey and just being an open book, hopefully I get to help somebody in their own journey in that way. Um, and then concluding the podcast, I feel like, like you said before, like I do practice a lot of like, you know, positive um, thinking and just law of attraction, like um just you have to believe in yourself no matter what it is that you're going after whether that is physique goals or maybe a lifestyle change or maybe you want to graduate college like you have to believe in yourself in order to make it happen like when I won my pro card I literally had a countdown from day one of my prep saying 30 days until I become a pro and I would like scratch it off and it would be 29 and yeah and it sounds cliche, but if you believe it, you can make it happen. Obviously, you have to, you know, it's not just believing it and just expecting it to happen. You have to take action and you have to be consistent in whatever it is that you're doing to actually make it happen. So you have to put in the work, but you also have to believe and attract it. So that's kind of like law of attraction. Yeah. So that's where I want to leave it. I feel like there's so many people out there that they put in the work, but they lack so much self-confident. They doubt themselves a lot and not saying that I don't doubt myself. Like we all go through it, but I feel like it's when you catch yourself and when you go through the hard times, it's like, what are you going to do to get through those bumps in life? You just have to keep chugging away and like keep believing that it's going to happen. So whatever it is, just keep going at it. 
Yeah. And I always tell people too, you know, like life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. So if you're wanting to have the goal of like something simple, like placing in a show, um, it might not be your time yet. You know, you didn't bring your best package yet. Um, if you want to turn pro and it hasn't happened yet, it's, it's, yeah, it's not permanent. You just kind of keep trying. You got to keep showing up. Eventually it will be your time. And when that time does happen, that's when it's supposed to happen. Like I think about if I would have turned pro last year, I honestly think it would be more rewarding for me to turn pro this year because I've had a lot going on in my personal life. And I want to show my tribe and like my women that like you don't have to let your outside stressors control what a goal that you have in your heart. And for me, like this prep has been challenging emotionally. Like I haven't had that set, you know, us bodybuilders, we love a routine. I haven't had a routine. I haven't had like a good set atmosphere, but that's okay because I'm going to show them that, you know, my heart, my focus is all in this. And despite, you know, outside circumstances, you can make your dreams a reality. You just got to keep pushing forward. Absolutely. Like I go back to that pro card win I don't know if you remember in Chicago, I went down from third place to fourth place. And I remember thinking, wow, I dropped from being one spot away from a pro card to two spots away from a pro card. And it wasn't until like, I realized that, that I feel like those next two weeks after between then and universe, I just like had a different fire in me. You know, it's almost like the hard times make you come out on top and even be more grateful for that time when it is the right time for you, you know? So I completely agree. Like, yeah, it might not be your time and it'll be sweeter when it is your time. Exactly. Um, Natalie, where can people find you? And why don't you tell them also, because we haven't really talked about this, tell them a little bit about your posing. So yes, I'm a posing coach. Um, you can find all my posing information at fitveganchef.com. Um, I believe that will change pretty soon to nataliematthewsofficial.com. But in the meantime, you can find everything at fitveganchef.com slash post with me. Um, and I do offer posing classes. I really have a passion for it. I don't have a passion for being a one-on-one coach, but for posing, oh my God, I got you. <laughs> so um, that's what I, that's my little baby. I love my girls and I just have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I think I'm a pretty good posing coach. You are. <laughs> um, I, I already looked at my routine because she's worked with me and I already see like huge differences. Um, and posing is so important. Yes, it's everything. That's the only thing that the judges see. Like on stage, they don't see your routine. They don't see your diet, your workouts. They only see posing. So you have to make that a part of your everyday regimen. And then you can find me anywhere, either Natalie Matthews or Natalie Matthews at Fit Vegan Chef. Um, and then my Instagram is Fit Vegan Chef. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for um, spending some time on Beyond the Bikini. And I wish you the best of luck at your future competitions. Thank you for having me. And thanks, everybody, for listening.